Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Had a phenomenal time yesterday uh, down at Mar-a-Lago. For those of you who didn't listen, I would encourage you to listen. And guess what? I'd encourage you to listen to the entire interview not just 30 seconds that's played on CNN. I know it's a crazy idea, but Trump spent a full hour with us, 45 himself from Mar-a-Lago. We appreciate him hosting us. I think it was a fantastic interview. Uh, People absolutely loved it. I don't think he spent very much time like that uh, with very many people out there at all. Uh, And it was a great time. And so there were a bunch of things that were talked about. And, you know, I understand that there are lots of people out there in media that are not very smart. And so they have to continue to follow the same storyline rather than invest time or energy or effort into paying attention to what the actual storylines are. But for all of the idiot drive-by, as Rush used to call them, media out there that didn't take the time to listen to the entire interview, I took notes during the interview and flagged what I thought were the most significant aspects of the story from our interview. Uh, And I thought the biggest storyline, and I want to continue to emphasize this, is Donald Trump said that he thought that China was going to go in on Taiwan and was using potentially Ukraine as a test of Biden to determine whether or not they could do that. And that, to me, is by far the biggest story. Because right now, there's relatively minor economic impact between the United States, between Ukraine, and between Russia. But if China goes in, now that the Olympics are over, if China goes in on Taiwan, as Russia invades in Ukraine simultaneously, what in the world is Joe Biden going to do? Do you feel confident that Joe Biden is going to actually be able to stand up to Vladimir Putin or to Chairman Z uh, in China right now? I don't. And I think that's unfortunate. I don't root to have a weak, incompetent leader who is not respected around the world. But that's where we are right now with Joe Biden. And so the biggest story there uh, was the China-Taiwan storyline. The Ukraine story, they clipped 45 seconds, one minute. Trump went after the idea that Putin would go in on Ukraine. He said he talked about it with him for years, told him that he better not do it. I don't know why the media is not playing that, probably because uh, they recognize that the reason why Putin went in on Biden is because he doesn't respect Biden. He respected Trump. And he was afraid of what Trump might do to him as the leader. He knows that Joe Biden is not tough. He's not strong. He saw the incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan. And it's difficult. It's really difficult for media to explain why for four years Putin did nothing. But when Obama was president, he went in. And when Biden was president, he went in. And he didn't do anything during the Trump presidency. That's a really difficult angle 
for uh, the media to try to, to, to finesse. And they aren't doing a very good job of it, which is why they're stuck back on the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion front. Uh, Durham. Trump was really interesting on the Durham probe and whether he had faith in it. Who he thought was going to run in 2024. Uh, Trump told us that he did not think Hillary was going to run. Didn't think she had the energy. Didn't believe Joe Biden would be the nominee. Thought it might be Kamala was analyzing all of the potential uh, people. He said he wouldn't tell us, couldn't tell us based on campaign finance laws whether or not he was running. But he thought that our audience would be very excited with whatever uh, when he officially made his announcement. Um, Also, he said he thought Tom Brady was going to come back. That was fun. Uh, Didn't believe he was actually retired. We discussed Truth Social uh, and uh, the idea of who he might pick as vice president. All of those were really, I thought, interesting parts of the conversation. This is where I just have to tell you. If you don't even want to spend the time to listen, and I would encourage you to listen to the full interview, you can go download the podcast. First hour is up. It's all Trump. Easy to listen to. But if you don't even want to spend the time to listen to the full hour, what I would encourage you to do is, hey, go read the transcripts. We even post the transcripts at clayandbuck.com. All you have to do, you can go read our entire conversation, Buck Sexton, me, and the President Trump. I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, I appreciate the President having us to Mar-a-Lago. It was a great experience. Uh, it was a, uh, a fun time on that property. Look forward to having President Trump on the show more going forward. Uh, today's radio program, by the way, appreciate Herschel Walker coming on. He's running for Senate in Georgia. And I also appreciate Glenn Youngkin coming on, the current governor of Virginia. Both those guys were great. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. Uh, all right, so I was traveling Uh, down to Palm Beach on Sunday evening when all the Jawan Howard mess happened. And then Monday I was in Palm Beach, didn't have my camera set up. Tuesday I'm in Palm Beach till late at night. So it's the first show of the week I have done. What would I have done in the wake of the Jawan Howard incident? To me, the easy answer is you suspend him for the rest of the year. Now, they didn't suspend him for the rest of the year. They allow him to come back and and coach in the Big Ten uh, tournament. That might only be a game. It looks like right now uh, Michigan is trending towards the NIT, something of that nature based on their schedule right now. I believe they're 14 and 11. Phil Martelli is going to step in. But you can't slap a guy in the handshake line. And I know, I would venture that almost every single coach in America, in college, and the pros, at some point in time, almost every one of them, have wanted to slap or punch or hit or tackle the opponent at some point in time, right? Opposing coach. Whether it's football, whether it's basketball, you get all fired up. These are highly competitive guys. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. I guarantee you that every single one of them has thought that in the moment. Uh, But they all managed to restrain themselves from doing it. And so Jawan Howard, probably, probably the only employee at Michigan who could attack a, uh, a person at his job at the University of Michigan and not lose his job. So... I didn't think he should lose his job. I'm not a cancel culture guy, but I did think he should be suspended given his past history with issues, including at the University of Maryland. 
I thought he should be suspended for the rest of this season and be able to come back next year. Now, not surprisingly, our good friends at Deadspin, and I want to make sure that you guys saw this because, look, Deadspin is the dumbest group out there in the grand scheme of things. When you see the things that they tweet, when you see their articles, look, I used to not agree with Deadspin on a lot of different fronts, but there are... A, uh, there used to be intelligent pieces that they wrote. Now they are so wildly predictable and dumb and in no way actually remotely intelligent. And Deadspin wrote, of course, when it comes to Jawan Howard and Greg Gard, uh, Greg Gard, by the way, the Wisconsin coach, why is the black coach the only one suspended when the white coach started it? Like, okay, first of all, this is not, shouldn't be a racial issue, although... Everything is a racial issue these days. Uh, And the reason is because the black coach hit the white coach, all right? Whoever throws the punch, you don't start it by starting an an argument. And let me say this, by the way. There's almost no discussion about why this dispute started. Let me explain what happened in this this scenario. Uh, You had a game that was already decided. Wisconsin has got its reserves in. They're trying to dribble the ball up the court and Michigan is still pressing. They are still pressuring uh, the opposing team. They get 10 seconds to get the ball across half court. If you have not gotten the ball across half court in 10 seconds, you take a timeout, the 10-second clock restarts, right? So in theory, you could take nearly 20 seconds to get the ball across half court if you take the timeout. So that was why that happened. If Jawan Howard was mad about the timeout, He could have stopped pressing and dropped his team back and Wisconsin would have probably dribbled the basketball out. How often do you see college basketball games in where one team acknowledges that the game is over, they stop aggressively fouling or pressing, and what happens? One guy stands there and dribbles out the basketball and the game is over. If Jawan Howard really wanted the game to be over, he should have stopped pressing. And from the Wisconsin coach perspective, as long as you're pressing, I'm going to continue to coach my guys. I'm not going to let them just turn the ball over and fail and teach them bad habits when they should be taking a timeout to avoid the turnover because who knows when they'll actually be in that situation again. So I don't know why this issue was not raised because Jawan Howard basically said, I'll remember that as a part of the handshake line to create the larger issue. And then, of course, he hit an assistant coach, which was not even the initial coach that he was arguing with in the first place. Just made no sense. And I think Jawan Howard got off light. And by the way, speaking of which, Ryan Clark, who is on on the NFL uh, with, uh, with ESPN, I was going through as I was about to get on an airplane flight to see all the latest statements. I wanted to see what Jawan Howard said in the presser after the game. I wanted to see what Guard said in the presser after the game. And I went into the trending topics section and there was a trending topics there uh, that had to do uh, with this incident. And Ryan Clark's statement was at the very top of that trending topics uh, component. And so I went and I looked at it and I was like, this is a really strange thing to immediately tweet out. Um, And I'll read you what Ryan Clark said and then I'll read you the ridiculously uh, racist thing 
that he said, all right? So uh, Ryan Clark tweeted, pretty sure they're going to try to bury Jawan Howard now. That's his entire tweet. Pretty sure they're going to try to bury Jawan Howard now. Not don't hit an opposing coach, not don't create an issue in the line. And all I did was say, I agree, total victim here. He did nothing wrong. And then, almost immediately, uh, there was uh, a tweet that Ryan Clark sent to me. He said at the end, sure, all caps, your people applaud that foolishness. He said, you don't even follow me, but couldn't he help but go out of your way to spew ignorance? What ignorance did I spew? You're the one who spewed ignorance with your statement that he was going to get buried when he's a coach who hit a dude in a, in a handshake line which never happens in major college basketball. Uh, and then he said, your all caps people applaud that foolishness. And so, look, all I'm saying is if I had sent the exact same tweet to Ryan Clark, the Blue Check Brigade members would have lost their mind and they would have been demanding that I be fired for saying your people to him in all caps. So all I'm doing here, I am a peacemaker. I am maybe... The, uh, the, the man who extends more olive branches than anybody in sports media. Never try to make the story about me. Never try to draw attention to myself. That's just me. I'm the humblest man I know. That's why I said, hey, you know what I'm willing to do, ESPN? I'm willing to extend a hand to you. It's clear that your diversity and inclusion training is still steeped in racism. You need someone like me to come and lift you all up. Lift you all up so that you can be less racist, less sexist, more inclusive, and embrace diversity even more so that vile racism like this won't be spread. Now, the reality is this. If I had said the same thing to Ryan Clark that he said to me, he would have been curled up in the fetal position crying, demanding that I get fired. And if an NFL owner had ever said your people in all caps to him in response to some opinion, Ryan Clark would have gone on ESPN, you all know it's true, and he would have been crying about how hurt his feelings are. This is a joke, okay? Grown men shouldn't get offended by other grown men's opinions. And the same thing shouldn't happen about other grown women's opinions. And that's the truth. It is all a big sham. That's what cancel culture and identity politics are. They're a dual front sham, okay? It's not a real reaction. It's a staged cosmetic reaction to try and draw attention and sympathy to you when it comes to the oppression Olympics or the victimization pyramid, okay? This has to end. The two twin pillars of, I believe, the worst situations that are existing in America can almost all be tracked back to the twin pillars of cancel culture and identity politics. It is toxic and it must be removed from our country. Okay? So anyway, I am still offering all those people at ESPN watching this right now, I will be your diversity and inclusion instructor and I'm still waiting to hear from Ryan Clark what color t-shirt and also what size t-shirt he wants for my Your People shirts, which are available right now at OutKick. And I will be wearing one of those shirts in the very near future. 
on the program. But it was all lies. It was all a sham. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Some positive here. New York City is ending its vaccine mandate effectively. I want to give credit to the new mayor, Eric Adams, who has made the choice that the Kyrie Irvings of the world who refuse to get vaccinated are in short order going to be able to play in games again People like me will be able to travel to New York City and go out to bars and restaurants and gyms and even into uh, businesses without having to be vaccinated. Make no mistake about it, the vaccine mandate failed in the city of New York. It did not make anybody safer. Masked mandates failed in the city of New York and around the country and around the world. They did not make anybody safer. This is why... All of England has ended all COVID restrictions now. So have many other Scandinavian countries in Europe. It is past time for the United States to end all COVID restrictions nationwide. From sea to shining sea, there is no basis whatsoever for mask mandates. There is no basis whatsoever for vaccine mandates. There is no basis for firing teachers or police officers or hospital workers or any of them over the vaccine mandate that Joe Biden put in place and that many other mayors and governors have endorsed. Props to Eric Adams, who is replacing maybe the worst mayor in the history of the city of New York, uh, Bill de Blasio. This is at least a good decision. He says within a day or so, they are going to be releasing all of their uh, vax and majority of their mask mandates. Now, this is not science, all right? This is not science because over twice as many people tested positive for COVID yesterday as tested positive on the same day last year. Uh, Nearly twice as many people died with COVID as died with COVID last year. This is not science. This is political science. The science has been clear for a very long time and I want to give final thanks to my city of Nashville for making the decision to end the mask mandate in Nashville schools somewhat soon, although they've been doing it for the entire year. And I went and talked at my local school board. I got two kids in public school and I came out and said the data was clear. You can go watch my video back in August that there was no basis whatsoever to support mask mandates. My kids have not been in a mask all year long and they looked at the data and they said, wow, Davidson County, which is Nashville, and Williamson County, which is Franklin and Brentwood, they're separated by about 10 or 15 miles, depending on where you are. There was no difference in the rate of COVID. Whether you lived in Nashville or whether you lived in Williamson County, they got it all wrong. And this matters to me as a kid that went K-12 through public school. I didn't necessarily have a lot of people speaking out for me. If I had been born 25 years ago, I would be right now probably in public school in Nashville 
and I would be having to wear a mask for the last year even though there was zero science at all to support the idea that masks made you safer. It's a failure of American public policy all over the nation. We have failed our kids. It is a shameful disgrace what we managed to do and what we required them to do. Uh, Daytona 500. Daytona 500, according to my guy Mike Mulvihill who works at Fox Sports, he is a ratings uh, and data analytics genius. Really smart dude. Uh, He put out a tweet a little bit earlier today. The Daytona 500 had a 41% bigger audience than the NBA All-Star Game. The NBA All-Star Game narrowly avoided hitting an all-time low, was up single-digit percentages off of last year, which was the lowest-rated NBA All-Star Game of all time. And the Daytona 500 head-to-head hit a five-year high, 41% higher viewership for the Daytona 500 than for the NBA All-Star Game. The NBA has still not recovered from their COVID-shortened bubble disastrous season when they had everybody's name on the back of the jerseys. They're trying to, not their actual names, all the political slogans. They're trying to pretend that that never happened when they walked out for Jacob Blake. Remember Jacob Blake who was trying to potentially assault a woman and had already been been, uh, guilty of sexual assault before. All of that, they're pretending, didn't happen. Refused to drop a knife when he was shot by a police officer. All of that was a big drag on the NBA and they still have not managed to recover from it. Uh, Evidently, late on Sunday night, I was uh, busy getting ready for my radio show so I didn't spend a ton of time on this. Aaron Rodgers put out a, uh, a long Instagram statement, I believe it was, after he had gone on a 12-hour cleanse uh, expressing gratitude for a variety of different things. I got to be honest with you. Aaron Rodgers to me is really pretty fascinating uh, because he beats to, uh, marches to his own beat, right? Uh, he clearly, I respect the fact that he chose not to get vaccinated for COVID, was willing to take all the slings and arrows of condemnation for not doing it, and by the way, didn't come back and do it even after all the criticism started, which is why I think got to give a lot of credit to Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, and Novak Djokovic, three of the best in their individual sports of tennis, of basketball, and of football for being willing to stand up against vaccine mandates that made zero sense, all right? Really got to give a lot of credit to them. Um, and, uh, And I legitimately legitimately am fascinated to see what is going to end up happening uh, with Aaron Rodgers going forward, whether it's going to be the Packers, whether it's going to be the Broncos, whether, hello Titans, another team is going to try to put together an incredible package to lure Aaron Rodgers to their team. I'm genuinely intrigued to see what happens here. Uh, A couple of other things. The Winter Olympics. All-time low for NBC Olympics ratings down, I believe it was 42 or 43% off the 2018 Winter Olympics, which also took place in South Korea on the other side of the world in Asia. So it's not as if this one taking place in China, there was you know some comparison with a better time zone or something of that nature. 
So why did this happen? I think one, the Winter Olympics taking place in Beijing shortly after COVID is and was considered to be by many American sports fans a disgrace that we showed up and did not stand up to China. By the way, data coming out of England that their intelligence agencies are increasingly convinced basically that COVID came out of a Chinese lab. Remember when you weren't allowed to even say or discuss where COVID might have come from? Well, the, uh, the British intelligence services are now quite confident that COVID came out of a Chinese lab. And so China lied about where COVID came from. They lied about it spreading. They lied about and attempted to foist blame onto other people. Maybe our tax dollars with Dr. Fauci were even involved in this. We need a full-on investigation. We need a 9-11 style bipartisan commission to actually investigate COVID. Uh, In all honesty, that's what we need. Uh, But as you follow and break down this larger story that's going on, uh, I think of most people we're choosing not to watch the Winter Olympics because of how much we were bowing down to China. I really do think. Now, I think the Olympics are under pressure. Another reason was there weren't a lot of great superstars that captivated people in a big way. The Winter Olympics are always less popular than the Summer Olympics because people do the Winter Olympics events in the country far less often. I, for instance, never have been on a snowboard. I imagine most people watching this right now have never been on a snowboard. That's different than, say, swimming in a pool or running, which all of us have done at some point in time. So I think that factors in. Uh, But I also think that allowing the Winter Olympics to take place in Beijing was a disgrace. And all Americans, to a man and woman, by and large, I bet almost everybody thought that was wrong. But as a part of that, uh, the bigger issue going forward is we still are not holding China accountable. And that ties in with my final topic here, which is Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson issued a weird statement yesterday after a story came out about Phil Mickelson's flirtations with Saudi Arabia surrounding a competing golf uh, event for the PGA where players theoretically would make more money. Uh, And... I don't begrudge anybody who decides to go out and try to find the best possible payday for their individual talents. But what's interesting here is Phil Mickelson said the quiet part out loud. He discussed Saudi Arabia's governmental history uh, as part of the negotiation strategy with the PGA. Uh, And obviously there have been all sorts of human rights issues historically in Saudi Arabia much like there have been all sorts of human rights issues in China. If leagues, I'm going to be honest with you, if leagues came out and said, in order to do business in different countries around the world, we have to have a different standard of behavior based on the sovereign rights of these countries as opposed to what might be the laws in the United States, you know what? I would understand that. I would totally understand that. What I get fired up about is when we have the NBA which is hypocritically lecturing us in the United States while turning a blind eye to what is going on in China, okay? So if Phil Mickelson or any other athlete decides, hey, you know what? I'm not particularly political. 
I'm going to try to do business as many different places around the world as I can. What is infuriating to me though is how the media all rained down on Phil Mickelson for just speaking out loud what Nike and the NBA and Apple and Disney and many other multinational corporations are doing on a day-to-day basis. All Phil Mickelson did was verbalize the fact that he was willing to do business with a country with far different values than the United States. And when he verbalized it and recognized and took note of the human rights issues in those countries, suddenly people criticized him for it. Well, why are you giving a pass by and large to the NBA? Why are you giving Disney and Apple and the LeBron Jameses of the world and even worse than LeBron, the Nikes and all of those people with Chinese shoe deals a complete and total pass while you are constantly lecturing us about social justice warriordom here here in America and claiming you won't shut up and dribble. I am of the opinion that everybody should be held to the same standard. So if you are outraged by Phil Mickelson and his flirtations with Saudi Arabia, you should be far more outraged by what we're doing right now with China, particularly because, circling back around to where I started today, the most interesting part of our Trump interview from yesterday was the discussion about China potentially invading Taiwan. What is going on right now is we are allowing China the most genocidal regime of our life to destroy human rights, to put religious minorities in concentration camps, to sterilize people based on their backgrounds. And many of all of these athletes who claim to care so much about truth and justice are not willing to stand up for basic human rights around the globe either speak out for citizens of the world to all have basic human rights or decide you don't care about anything but lining your own pockets but don't think that you can do both and not get called out on the blatant hypocrisy based on China. Those are my thoughts. I am Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I would encourage you to all check out the full interview that we had with Donald Trump yesterday. Great interviews today with Herschel Walker and Glenn Youngkin. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I got to go pick up my kids.